I am sick of wokeness, of CRT, of us destroying our history, telling kids to hate themselves because of how they were born. I'm done with it. So if you want to raise your kids right, if you want to instill in them a love of country, a love of patriotism, a love of American liberty, then a great way to do that, bring the whole family down to tpusa.com backslash America Fest. I'm going to be there. It's December 18th to 21st, Phoenix, Arizona. I'm bringing my kids. I'm bringing the entire family. You're going to have incredible speakers, myself, Tucker, Charlie, Kaylee, Candace, the whole nine yards, Donald Trump Jr. A few more speakers that I'm not allowed to announce yet are going to be there. Plus country artists, Brantley Gilbert, Russell Dickerson, Lee Greenwood. And we just found out that Dustin Lynch is going to be performing. So understand how important it is. Bring your kids there. Don't bring them to the CRT indoctrination camps. Go to tpusa.com backslash AmericaFest. Use promo code POSO, capital P-O-S-O, Papa Oscar, Sierra Oscar, in all caps, when ordering your tickets for 25% off. And I will see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by TPUSA. On today's episode, Fiona Hill, did she commit perjury in the impeachment testimony? We're going to get into it next. Representative Adam Schiff is grilled on, of all places, the view over the Russiagate scandal, the hoax. Next, the White House has finally been questioned about the Human Events Daily scoop over Jake Sullivan's involvement in the Steele dossier. And finally, the media prejudged Kyle Rittenhouse before seeing any evidence of this malicious prosecution. All of this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Now, last week, we talked all about the information that was coming regarding this Danchenko indictment, as well as the Sussman indictment, all of this relating back to John Durham, the U.S. attorney, the special counsel that is going after the originators of the Russia Gate hoax. And there was something that we talked about. There are a few things we talked about all the way back in September when we looked at this. Most importantly, that specifically Fiona Hill, herself a former member of the previous administration's National Security Council, but also a researcher at the far-left Brookings Institute, which has received funding from China and Qatar, that she was involved with not only introducing Christopher Steele to Igor Danchenko, that she also introduced Christopher Steele to this high-level left-wing operative that may have been the source of many, many of the stories that found their ridiculous way into this dossier. But listen to a piece out of Real Clear Investigations that digs a little bit deeper. As part of the impeachment proceedings, Fiona Hill gave closed door testimony to House lawmakers and investigators for the Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, the Committee on Oversight and Reform, and the Committee on Foreign Affairs. During her testimony, She didn't express any sort of the memory fog that often afflicts well-coached and evasive witnesses. Asked if she, Fiona Hill, was aware of any interaction between Mr. Steele and Ukrainians, you need to listen to how she responded. She didn't say, well, to the best of my recollection, or I don't remember specifically, or even a simple no. See, that's what you do if you're well-coached, if you're an expert at this stuff. But listen to what she said. 
she expanded her answer to deny not only any knowledge of steel and Ukrainians, but to deny any knowledge of anything steel related. Fiona Hill testified, I have no knowledge whatsoever of how he developed that dossier. None. I just want to state that. Well, here's the problem, Fiona. You introduced the main source of the dossier to Christopher Steele. Then you introduced Christopher Steele to the exact same PR executive, the far left operative, very powerful, high level operative that eventually made, essentially made up the stories that went into the dossier. This is a huge problem for her. It's a huge problem for Brookings. We've been talking about this the entire time that Brookings itself is an under investigation. But why would she do this? Why would Fiona Hill be involved in all of this? Listen to her in an interview just a few months ago. Stated in your deposition that a colleague had showed you the Steele dossier before it was published. Uh, who was that colleague? That was one of my colleagues at the Brookings Institution. And who, who was that? Uh, that was um, the Brookings Institution President Strobe Talbot, who had been sent a copy of this. And he shared it with you? That was the day before it was published in BuzzFeed. Thank you. You mentioned in your deposition also that you thought that it was a, let's get the exact quote, that the dossier uh, was a rabbit hole. Is that still your testimony? That's correct. Do you, do you know who paid Christopher Steele to do, uh, to generate the Steele dossiers, there were several of them. At the time, I did not know. I understand from the media that it was uh, through GPS fusion, if that's not correct. Um, you yeah. know who was, and there was a law firm involved, but you know who the source of the money was? I didn't at the time, no, I did not. But do you well, know? Well, now I've read it in reports, and uh, thanks to your colleagues as well, that it was the, uh, the DNC, as I'm led to believe. And the Clinton campaign? I don't know that for sure. So you get it, right? This is all about a grift. She's very well-spoken. She's very highly educated. She's a highly educated operative that is using these things like the Steele dossier, like introducing these people behind the scenes and work at places like the far left, very powerful Brookings Institution, which takes funding from all sorts of America's foreign adversaries like China, like Qatar. It's about setting up political operatives inside the United States. And essentially, we're now finding out it's also about setting up FBI investigations. Now, she's going to try to backpedal on this one, and she's going to try to get out of this anything she can. So my advice to you, Fiona, it's quite simple. Cut a deal. Cut a deal and come clean, and everything will go easier on you. Remember, the first person to flip is the one who gets the best deal, right? So Fiona, it's time to start singing. Next up, you've got to watch this clip from the great Morgan Ortegas, who is filling in as a guest host on The View when she had the chance to actually, for the very first time ever, confront Congressman Adam Schiff about his lies in Russiagate. Listen to this incredible 
piece of footage. So I want to ask you about something that's in the news a lot right now. Um, you've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee, and you defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, and we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people? Well, first of all, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted, mm -hmm. uh, and they are. Uh, and <clears throat> unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail, not be pardoned. Mm -hmm. uh, so Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. Uh, if people lied to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, but at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. He may have been fired, yeah. but the, the effort to get Russian help continued, and even beyond the effort to get Russian help, but you the president also spread Russian sought disinformation to get... yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the Intel Committee Chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this. Well, I, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, it's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. Mm -hmm. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele, which is impossible, of course, to do. But, but let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election, mm. which he did. Uh, into inciting an insurrection, uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, none of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele. No, I think just your credibility is. So I think it goes without saying that for Morgan, that's probably the last time The View is going to have her on and ask her back. It, and it's as simple as this, folks. It's as simple as this. She did, in that instance, more journalism than anyone at CNN, the Washington Post, or the New York Times has done in five years, not to mention MSNBC. Jake Taper and all these, Joy Reid, Maggie Haberman, all of these people, all of these people that have been focused on Russiagate and who knew what and who said what, why not just ask the guy, Congressman Schiff, who started the entire smear campaign, who was the public voice of this thing for years, by the way, for years. He would go on the late shows. He would go on HBO with Bill Maher. He went on everywhere talking about Russiagate. Well, now the entire thing has fallen apart. It's fallen apart, but unfortunately, it tore our country apart for years. It resulted in the mass shooting of a congressional baseball practice in which Congressman Steve Scalise nearly lost his life. But Rachel Maddow, who was the other largest show to do it, $20 million contract from Microsoft NBC. That's MSN. You know what that's what MSNBC stands for? Microsoft NBC. So Microsoft NBC is giving Rachel Maddow $20 million for her role in the domestic color revolution that took place here within the United States. And people need to understand it. When you're looking at the piece of all of this, and I said it on the show yesterday, I'm going to say it again. If you understand that we are living through an era of regime politics, then all of this, all of it, 
from where I am right now speaking in Silicon Valley. I spoke there last night and I gave a barn burner speech talking all about the need to restore and to preserve the free and open internet. And it's as simple as that. No Zuckerverse, no uh, injecting ourselves into the mental machines controlled by Mark Zuckerberg, controlled by Microsoft, Bill Gates, et cetera, et cetera. No, no. For this movement, for populism, this national, really international movement, we do have technology to thank. Why? Because just like the printing presses in the 1700s that allowed Thomas Paine and his countrymen to get their message across, independent media now has the free and open internet to be able to share our ideas and our stories across. And that is how we were able to take down this Russiagate operation, because what it was, was a domestic color revolution and a false narrative pitched by those that were seeking domestic regime change here within the United States and really throughout the West, because the, this regime did not want the people coming up and telling them that we don't care about your imperial ambitions anymore. We care about what's going on with our infrastructure. We care what's going on in our country. We care what's going on in terms of inflation. We want to be able to have jobs, and we don't want our kids being raised to hate their parents and hate their history. No more. Folks, thank you for supporting us so much. Thank you for supporting this show. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code POSO. Christmas is coming. You got the towel pack. You got the sheets. You got the pillows that started it all. You know, we were speaking here in Silicon Valley last night, and uh, Tanya actually got up. My wife, Tanya, got up and spoke to the crowd for a minute. And one of the questions they had was, why did you want to immigrate to the United States? My wife was born in the Soviet Union. She immigrated legally to the United States. And she said, because I was seeking the American dream, because this was a place where your dreams can come true. That is the reputation, or it was the reputation of America, that you come to America and it's a place where dreams come true. And then, of course, I added, and the best way for your dreams to come true is with the best night's sleep in the whole wide world at mypillow.com with promo code POSA. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, I had to. What can I say? I had to. But listen, I want you to get to this next story because we broke on this program, Human Events Daily, all the way back on September 17th, one of our very first episodes, I believe it was episode four, in our first week of existence. When that indictment, Michael Sussman from Perkins Coy, high-level left-wing operative, when that came out and they talked about a foreign policy advisor that was involved in all of this, I said positively that foreign policy advisor can be none other than Jake Sullivan, the current national security advisor. It's got to be him. He is the one. Well, finally, finally, the White House was asked about this yesterday at the press conference. Listen to this. Just breaking from our Justice Department reporter. Um, two sources are telling Fox that National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is the foreign policy advisor mentioned in the former Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman's indictment. Uh, I understand that this just came across yeah. while you're at the podium, yeah. so you haven't probably had a chance to read into that. But what is the White House comment on that? And is there any conflict here, given that there has been news around the uh, indictment? Uh, is there any conflict here that would preclude Sullivan from being able to carry out his duties? I, I, as you just said, Jackie, I'm just now hearing this, so I, I don't have a, a comment for you at this moment. I don't know anything about what you're, you're just mentioning, so I have to, to talk to our team. 
And there has been news around the dossier, though, over the last couple of weeks, um, and sort of this feeling that it's falling apart after the revelations that the Clinton-tied lawyer had lied to the FBI. Um, now, knowing what we know about the dossier, is there any concern that there was a lot of focus or too much focus on that uh, during the president's campaign? So, Jackie, I refer you to the Department of Justice. I'm not going to comment on that from here, from the podium. And now with my same my same offer that I just gave out to Fiona Hill a couple of minutes ago, and Jake, I know I said this to you last week, lawyer up. You need to lawyer up the same way that everyone at Brookings needs to lawyer up. And of course, I'm just kidding, because I already know that you have, of course, already lawyered up. But here's the problem for you, Jake. Fiona, see, she's going to take that first deal and she's going to flip, which means you, I don't know, buddy. Doesn't, not looking good, not looking very good for you, Jake. You're going to try to get out of this. I'm not sure. You might, you might be looking at five years. You might be looking at 10 years. You don't have much time left. Jake, who told you to call Perkins Coy? Who told you to make that deal? Who told you to work with Mark Elias and Michael Sussman and all the rest of it? Christopher Steele, who told you to hire Fusion GPS? Who told you to work with Brookings? Just come clean. You got to come clean now because at this point, Durham, he's wrapping up. He's wrapping up, Jake, and you are the sitting national security advisor. This is the pinnacle. It's been the pinnacle of your heretofore pretty unnoteworthy career. So what do you want to do? Do you want to be the person who goes down with the ship, who goes down with the Titanic, or do you want to be the person that stood up when it mattered that stood on the right side of history, that stood against a corrupt regime and said, no more, I'm against this, I'm walking away. The same way that Michael Schellenberger walked away from open society, the same way he walked away from the left and he's now blowing the whistle on all the craziness that went on. Just tell us the truth. The American people deserve it, Jake. In fact, I will invite you. I invite Jake Sullivan, you know, we've never even had a guest here on Human Events Daily, I invite you to be our first guest here on Human Events Day. We're right down the street, buddy. We're right down the street on Capitol Hill. Come over, tell all, and come clean for the American people. So I've got some news regarding public opinion vis-a-vis -vis the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Got a message in from Rasmussen Reports just this morning talking about public opinion on the case. And it's interesting because it is split. But I want to go back. I want to take you back a little bit and play this incredible supercut that Grabian and Tom Elliott put together regarding all of the way that the media discussed this case in the early days of it before they ever looked at a single piece of evidence. Rittenhouse is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. He's a 17-year-old kid. He shouldn't have had a gun. He crossed state lines to supposedly protect property. No, he was going out to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, the vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, the armed teenage vigilante. A 17-year-old vigilante, arguably a domestic terrorist, picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, a guy who's deeply racist, went with weapons to a Black Lives Matter protest, looking to get in trouble. He did. He murdered a couple of people. Rittenhouse, uh, the 17-year-old kid, just running around, shooting and killing protesters. You see the 17-year-old who was radicalized by Trumpism, 
took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. A white, Trump-supporting, MAGA-loving, uh, Blue Lives Matter, social media uh, uh, partisan, 17 years old, picks up a gun, drives from one state to another with the intent to shoot people. A 17-year-old boy mm. who drove across state lines with an AR-15 and started uh, shooting people up including a guy with a skateboard. Kyle Rittenhouse, who has killed protesters, unarmed protesters. Rittenhouse is a 17-year-old that went with a weapon into the middle of uh, protests uh, and then provoked people and then shot and killed them. Kyle Rittenhouse is the enemy. A boy from out of state drives up to the state with an AR-15 around his neck, shoots right and kills yeah. a couple of people, uh, shooting wildly, running around, uh, acting like... Uh, rent a cop. Drove across state lines armed with a rifle to go and shoot people. What a dark uh, dystopian scene where a 17-year-old boy is carrying around a rifle, running around. And, and All right, now you saw that, and I promised you this. I teased it. I'm going to give it to you. 55% of people that have been watching this trial 55% say that Kyle Rittenhouse should be found not guilty. And it's simple. Kyle Rittenhouse is the victim of a malicious prosecution. When you look at the events that took place on that tape, and the real only reason we have these tapes is because we fought for it from the FBI. Human Events Daily was able to produce that tape for the first place anywhere. And we had independent journalists, people like BG on the scene, Richie McGinnis, Elijah Schaefer, Drew Hernandez, and so many others. I'm going to miss, uh, you know, I'm always, I always leave some people out when I go through this list. Julio Rojas, Shelby Talcott. But these are the names of the independent, not corporate, but independent journalists that went there, that captured those events on tape, and not, not taking sides. I want to be clear about that. Not taking sides other than the side of the truth. They let us know the truth that these crooked prosecutors would have us believe a lie. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for here on Human Events Daily. Thank you always for supporting us, for getting the word out. Be the influence agent. Share this with your normie friends. Remember, it's just 25 minutes a day. Our motto to you, be good, be brief, be gone. We give you the bluff, the bottom line up front. That's all we do here, and we're going to do it every single day until they try to shut us down, and even then, we are going to persevere. But before we go, it's time for today's moment of history, and we got a big one today, a very special 246. Happy birthday to the Tufel Hunden, to the Devil Dogs, to the men and women of the United States Marine Corps, founded in 1775, November 10th, in Tun Tavern, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They came together to serve the fledgling Continental Army before we even really had a Navy. They came together to serve this country. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.